Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us here on WYSL. We're live here until 2 p.m., so give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Of course, we're also streaming on the Free Solution Facebook page, the Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution Group and the Kevin Wilson page and Twitter account. So wherever you're listening today, appreciate y'all. Leave your comments online if you are watching the live broadcast. And if they're good stuff, we'll put them up. And uh, so today, you know, I want to cover a couple issues that I, I wanted to cover on Monday, but we had, we we're having a good conversation about uh, the schooling in Rochester and whether or not there was a going to be any change for that. But spe- speaking of which, too, is that interestingly enough, the uh, the Supreme Court just came out with a decision related to schooling, and maybe we'll get to that a little bit later in the program, too. But uh, I did want to talk about some other aspects of, like, what was going on in the city and, and kind of again, broaden that out to, like, what what's the context for for everyone, not just in the city, but, but for folks outside of that too. You know, I, I mentioned kind of towards the end of the show, there's the, uh, the move to recognize Juneteenth, which I, I, I don't mind. I think that's fine. I, you know, I, I sorry, I, I kind of don't get the folks who are like mad about it. Like it's, it's been a thing since mid 19th century. It's, it's been bigger in other States. Uh, I think it's a nice holiday though. So it's the holiday where we're, you know, finally, the the struggle for emancipation, the the fighting that uh, slaves had done, and the Union soldiers and abolitionists, all of it finally came to fruition when the last of the slaves heard about that. Not that there isn't still issues. There wasn't still issues at the time with Reconstruction and finding new ways to enslave people. All this stuff happened. But the recognition of, like, hey, no one should be held in bondage anymore, I think it's a nice thing. I don't know why we can't celebrate that. We should we should celebrate that again. You know, it's it's something that one one of the biggest and best political accomplishments that the Republican Party has ever had, too. Right there in the beginning. Hi, uh, Shelley, listening online. Uh, Shelley on YouTube says, "Good afternoon." That shirt is bananas. I am. For those of you listening on the radio, I'm wearing a shirt with a bunch of bananas on it. Always get some attention. It's a, it's a it's a nice, fun tropical shirt for a day like today. <laughs> As I, I roast in my attic. Uh, so, so the other thing too uh, that that city council had, uh, in Rochester had passed, they, they officially got rid of Columbus Day, and uh, now it's going to be Indigenous Peoples Day again. I, you know, again the, these culture war things. Like to me, yeah, like I, I have a harder time getting fired, but I, I don't, I don't care. I think Columbus is kind of a jerk. Uh, but if you're actually mad about, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective. Five eight five three four six three thousand. That's five eight five three four six three thousand. I feel like most of the time I hear people mad about it, it's it's folks who are mad on behalf of like Italians, although not always Italians themselves who are mad about it. But again, I, I cannot rise to to be mad about this when there's so much other stuff going on 
on the city level. Again, there's the, the school issues that I had mentioned. There's the uh, police budget, which is you know, always in contention, but particularly in the last couple of years has been a thing. Uh, and you know, and the, the police accountability board too. Again, you know, there's, here's this model that could be applied elsewhere, but is in trouble right now with with scandals at the the board level, at the staff level, uh, on spending, on being able to actually deliver on taking citizen complaints, which it just this week got to like just, like I've been after working for several years and you know voters. Uh, approving this a couple of years ago, like they just starting to take complaints, all, all the excuses that they had there, uh, it, all the people, all the, uh, all the excuses that they had to, to not get started are just incredibly frustrating. Like, Oh, it's, uh, we don't have the right software. No, we don't have the right staff. So, so let's get into that. Right. So like the, uh, the police accountability board, which is an idea I, I generally like, you know, I, I, I think that if there is a police officer who is accused of abuse, it builds public trust to have a third party look at it. It doesn't necessarily need to be the model that Rochester used, which has members appointed from, you know, a the, the police accountability board coalition, you know, like it doesn't have to be that. But I think like a third party should look at that, right? It could be folks appointed by the mayor, there could be someone on there to, to represent you know the the police perspective. There could be again the activists on there. There there, there should be a, a an objective third party thing. And sometimes you're going to need a, a board or or an organization that has the resources to actually be able to investigate crimes. Right? You're going to need you know, lawyers and investigators to look at stuff. What what happens to 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 uh, bring that complaint? Is that complaint? going to be sustained or not uh is there any merit to it was there any inappropriate conduct because what it does in theory if you do it well is it should build the trust that when someone feels they are subject to abuse it's going to get a fair look and there's the perception in rochester as there is in many cities that they weren't getting a fair look that the police department itself and the the union were working to protect officers who were uh, abusive in some way. Or again, not making a specific evaluation there. That is the perception. Okay, so bring it out of that. How do you look at these things objectively? I like that idea. That sounds good. Now, Rochester, we got $5 million to, to do this, which is significantly more than many other similar projects had. Now, the, the, the Rochester Police Accountability Board was still supposed to do more, right? There was that investigation arm. It wasn't merely a board of people taking complaints and trying to evaluate based on their own evidence without a staff to support gathering evidence of what happened. They're supposed to have all these resources. They're supposed to have a database, supposed to have a, a system to, to, to be able to get complaints to the right people and to let those complaints, uh, those accusations of abuse rise to the top quickly so they could, so you can get justice. That's the idea. Spent more on this than most other, <laughs> most other folks, most other cities. Yeah, again, despite that, we end up with 
it taking a very long time for them to do that. You got to, to city council's credit, they finally got to the point where, like, okay, well, we're going to kind of monitor your budget a little bit more closely, which that was always their prerogative anyway, and they're going to distribute the funds a little bit more slowly so they have that additional oversight. I, I want to believe in this product. I, I, I like I like this thing. It's, it's not a, it doesn't have to be an anti-police thing. It, it could just be a building trust to back with the police again thing, right? Like it can be a, a thing where you know, we're, we're, we're just sending someone else to look at this so you can rise above the accusation of no, no one outside of, uh, of a police department looking at something where, where there seems to be an incentive to protect the people that you serve with. It's understandable, but that incentive leads people to think that they're no longer being objective. $5 million on this. Again, I, don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but on that, on that related note, too, there, there's also the, the matter of the police budget in Rochester. Right? The police budget in Rochester this year was $91 million dollars. Uh, and and this was it's ninety one million dollars. It had gone down by five million dollars recently. I think it was last year. It had gone down because that money had shifted over to the police accountability board. Uh, so it's still it's still pretty significant. It, it's a, it's a big budget, uh, not big relative to the cities that are larger than us. You know, I get that, but it's still a relatively big budget, and. Now we we have what, what's interesting. I found some data that says you know like the number of police officers per capita in in Rochester, number of police officers per um, resident is pretty high. So according to to the one side, I found it. It said it, we have more officers per population than ninety eight percent of other departments that they had data for. This is taking data from twenty twenty back before you know. The last couple of years, so that's that's pretty significant. And you know, it, it's how does that compare to the cities around us, other cities in upstate New York, Buffalo, Syracuse, uh, are the, the the city's neighbors in like Greece, for instance? How does that compare to that? And again, how how does the budget look per per capita as well? Because when when I say that I'm I'm fiscally conservative, when I say like. We should be cutting spending on everything. Like, th- there's no sacred cows to me. There's no like, well, oh, we need to uh, cut spending everywhere, or except for the military. Or we need to cut spending everywhere except for police. Or no, no, no. It's it's everything. It's 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 police. It's bureaucracy. It's it's all this stuff. Like, how do we reduce government to the size that's appropriate while still being able to provide some of those essential services that we need? And police is one of those things where people have the expectation that there should be someone to call when you are in imminent danger. So I want to talk about the budget. I want to talk about number of officers per person here or per, you know, whatever, 10,000 residents here in Rochester. And then what some other solutions might be to be able to reduce budgets all across the board at the at the local level too. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vet Dicks. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Available in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Official top quality tees, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting the colorful WISL logo or the already famous Mount Worstmore line of merch depicting Mount Rushmore style are for worst presidents. Of course, you know who is front and center up on that mountain. WISL official items make perfect gifts, or they're a great way for you to make a personal statement. Locally produced and sold only in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today. Thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution at WYSL. Again, give us a call if you want to participate. Show 585 346 3000. That's 585 346 3000. And uh, let me get to some of the comments that we have online uh, from, from Shelly who asked. Now, should an officer lose their job and pension for a DWI, or should they be treated like any other citizens who get a DWI? Um, I don't know. I don't have, like, the definitive answer to that. I'm sure to, to me the answer is, you know, depends. Uh, I will say, like, just me personally, I think that police officers do have an extra obligation to act law to, to conduct themselves lawfully because they're expected to carry out the rules of the state sometimes with violence and that 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 responsibility carries to me additional consequences if you are going to break the trust of the state which may include losing your job it's the same thing with other professions too like there there are other professions where you can lose your ability to 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 operate based on breaking particular laws like like lawyers for instance lawyers you know if they're if they're not conducting themselves lawfully, they can lose their ability to practice. Um, same with 
you know, certain types of, uh, for, depending on the, what the violation is, what doctors do. Again, if you, if you break the, it, it depends on what the, the violation is, but if you break the public trust in some way, uh, yeah, and it doesn't even have to be breaking the law. Again, there, there are things that they could do that are unethical or abusive that might not rise to the level of being criminal but do foster mistrust in the community, and they might need to lose the job for that too. Uh, again, I, I'm, that's just my personal opinion, and, and that's why, again, having some third-party objective like group to make some of those determinations might be helpful, but I, I think something like DWI would probably be internal discipline anyway since it's not a citizen complaint, but that's a great question, Shelly. Thanks for doing that. And and one other question from so- Shelly, too, says, aren't huge budgets just a thing in New York? Wouldn't electing Larry Sharp stop, stop that nonsense? So, yes, huge budgets are most definitely a thing in New York. Uh Again, it depends on what town or city that you're in, but there are they're just massive budgets for a lot of stuff for a lot of reasons. Some of it's just to do with the expense of New York State. Others, it's just to do with bureaucracy or momentum getting out of control on spending, right? Would electing Larry Sharp stop the nonsense? Not at the local level. Uh, at the state level, yeah. No, like state level electing Larry would go a long way to do that, and he would have the kind of the, the political will uh, to to make some changes on the state level, but on the local level, you still have to you still have to fight for that. You still have to talk to your city councils and your town boards uh, and your county legislatures. That if if that particular budget is out of hand, then you've got to work with them and or help someone get elected and or run yourself to to go and bring fiscal responsibility to those things. So won't stop it. And again, even at the state level, if Larry gets elected. Great, but a lot more people are going to need to jump in and, and support. Like, it's not like a, ah, cool, we fixed it. No, it's a, great, now he's created a massive opening for people to jump in and support and start fighting for liberty in New York State. It's, it's uh, yeah, just a, a good, it would be a good starting point. And I, I think Larry would say the same thing. I, I'm not undercutting him here. It would be a good starting point. Um, and... Yeah, so let me well, let me get to this other comment from uh, Patty on Facebook who says, I could write your whole book on this topic, just what happened in uh, my public housing 20-unit area this week. Police hung up on three of us reporting an attack on a neighbor. Then who do you call? I went up the chain now for two days. And and that's – okay, Patty, I, I don't know where you are, but, like, that's, um, that's something that, that is, like, an issue that people talk about with, with police. It's like they cannot possibly – focus on the actual areas of need in many cases, right? That, unfortunately, their their resources are spread so thin, even with significant budgets and even with, in, in some areas, like a, a significant number of officers, like they're still spread so thin, covering sometimes small petty crimes or dealing with mental health or medical issues or a whole bunch of other stuff that they're not able to to focus on, like, actual violence and and that's that's the unfortunate part again i i have my criticisms for the way police are structured i and and how some individual officers conduct themselves like it and what comes to mind right now is the the police down in texas um in the uvalde school where they, they just released like some of the footage where they're they were just hanging out in the hallways for 58 minutes 58 minutes talking about how there might be you know kids in there so like it's just 
uh, it's, it's that's absolutely infuriating. They 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 had shields, they had weapons, they had everything they need to go. It's just that the 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 people who were supposed to be in charge of that situation didn't push them into resolving it, and you know the officers on the ground didn't take the initiative themselves, which might have carried some consequences, but also may have saved children's lives. But yeah, back, back back to your comment, Patty. Again, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing. It's it's ideally not the way you want to solve community problems with with violence when someone is when you're, you're reporting them attacking a neighbor. But you know, I, I know how many calls like the city of Rochester has too. Like, and if if I call the police, like if I'm lucky, there's a unit in the area and they're able to like if there's a fight in the park next to my house or something, uh, they'll they'll be able to get there within a few minutes. But not always. And a lot of times people worry that like when they call the police it's not gonna do anything anyway. If you get something stolen, like oh cool, I called uh you know, called the police and they showed up three weeks later to take a report. Okay, well that doesn't really feel helpful to me, you know, for 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 having my stuff stolen. Alright, well why again, why then are police doing that? Like why why does it need to be done through the police departments maybe we just let insurance companies or private investigators someone else deal with this it doesn't not everything has to be done through police so i, I want to talk about the uh about the uh the budget though because i want to i want to get to what that actually was again it's uh it's up to you know it's, it's up to like ninety one thousand. At, at one point in time uh 2019 it was up to or not 91 million uh, at one point in time, it was up to, to $95 million, uh, back in 2019. Um, and you know, th- this this brings it back to, like, 2017 levels, so still pretty high. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. It, this is this is a, a lot of money. And I, and I, I don't just say that because, like, I, I recognize that big departments and big cities take money to run. You know, you know, I see what, what other departments can spend. You know, if you, it's a big city, but but in Rochester, we'd make like the top twenty for amount of money spent per per resident. Like uh, the the twenty nineteen data had us at four hundred and fifty nine dollars per resident. That would have been in top twenty. Um, I don't know exactly what it is now because population's changed. I, I haven't I haven't looked at that. But at one t- t- point in time, we we're top twenty, and we also have. Thirty-four point two, and back in twenty twenty, thirty-four point two officers per ten thousand residents was the last uh, statistic I looked at, which is more than like ninety-eight percent of other police departments. So it's not not what we're seeing in, in other places. It's a bit lower in Buffalo and in Syracuse, uh, and that's a, that's a lot. Like we, we are exceptional for the number of officers we have for the number of residents. A part of that is like we have, we have shrank, but these, but police departments have not shrank with the population of the areas that they are serving. Again, compare that to like Greece, New York, right, right next door. They are a little bit lower. They have, uh, they, they, they have fewer officers than something like 87% of departments, 10.2 officers per 10,000 residents. 
Again, right right next to the city. They they have their own issues over there too, you know, and right next door. Um it's just it's it's a lot lower, hundred and sixty nine dollar uh in spending per resident uh for the police budget. So looking at this as a you know, how do you how do you address how do you address the fundamental issue, right? That 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 issue that, that Patty brought up. You you want to be able to call and to have someone help you in a situation, right? You know, if it, whether it's related to an incident that happens at public housing or in a park or wherever, you want the the idea, the hope is that you call and have someone help you. But that, that doesn't always happen. And we're spending a boatload of money with some areas crime continuing to rise. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. When we come back, we'll talk about the actual solutions to this, not just the numbers. Uh, give us a call, 585-346-3000, if you want to participate. We'll be back on A Free Solution in just a sec. solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us on this very, very warm Wednesday. If you want to participate in the show, we're live here until 2 p.m. Give us a call 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comments online. Uh, another comment from Shelly on YouTube says, quotas need to go away. They haven't helped people. It's just fundraising. You know, that was, uh, again, it's one of those things that, like, you know, whether it exists officially or unofficially in any, any particular place, like, if, if people start to feel like the role that police have are to meet the budget needs of a town, you're going to build resentment, right? Like, if that's, if that's your relationship to police officers is, like, they, they exist in a place to give you traffic tickets or fines or whatever, and their role isn't doing something that you feel is keeping you safer, but rather, again, just trying to hit those those budget lines. Again, when, when you have, like, a, a significant expectation in a town to to meet a budget quota from police fines and fees, they get a problem. Again, that's, that's part of, you know, like, what – I know, like, there's – issues with like the Michael Brown story way back when. Um, but, uh, but part of the story of why people in like Ferguson, Missouri were so mad is because that's what they felt like their police department was to them. It's like, this is just a shakedown service. This is just extortion to them. Like it's not, it's not keeping us safer is they're just, uh, going and harassing the residents as, as piggy banks and that, and that way, you know, they can, it, it is like it's a strategy that politicians will do sometimes. Like, I'm not blaming the police for this one necessarily. Like I mean, I'm sure some officers are more enthusiastic than others, but it's something that politicians in some places might do to say like, "Oh, we're keeping taxes low," but what they're actually doing is they're they're trying to encourage their police departments to go out and be more aggressive in collecting these fines, you know, or 
you know, getting people who are passing through a town, that type of thing. That, that, that creates problems. There, there are consequences to that. And, you know, every time you have what I would consider mostly a necessary police interaction, you, you create an opportunity for violence both on the police officer and on the, the person who's being pulled over. So minimizing those things is a big deal. Now, as I talked about, okay, like, well, we want to, we want to um, maybe reduce this again. I no no, no sacred cows for me. Uh, and and one of the things that drives me nuts is is like every once in a while, like this will come up at the uh, the national level, right? Like the, usually with military spending, like oh, like let, let's let's reduce this by like our military spending by like ten percent or something like that. Ten percent just gets it back to like. You know, like 2017, 2018 levels. That's what drove me nuts when I was uh, running for Congress, and I was hoping that that Congressman Rally would, would do that. And it's like, hey, just just vote for this thing. It would doesn't drastically reduce the military. It just just cuts it back to what it was a few years ago. We're not even really cutting spending. We're still spending ourselves into oblivion. I think you get some of the same momentum with a bunch of stuff. I I I, I made that case for schools on Monday, but I think you get the same momentum um, on in police departments too. And again, it's not that there aren't significant needs in, in the community for this type of stuff, but it doesn't always have to be the police doing it. And if you can address the fundamental needs in a different way, ideally through entrepreneurship, opportunity and hope and, and community building, then there are le- fewer incentives to continue to grow a police department beyond what is practical or make sense and the police can focus on addressing the actual issues that really they're the only ones in power to address and you know again what, what it ends up looking like in the city of rochester is like you got you know three three members of city council who ended up voting against the budget overall because they wanted to transfer transfer like 700 something thousand dollars of that 91 million dollar police budget to like libraries and community programs like i mean honestly like it's 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 so small potatoes. I kind of like, I like I, res- I I get like trying to shift the money away from that because that's like the type of thing these these particular like progressive city council members are like that's they're gonna do what they're gonna do. I'm like, oh, we gotta spend it on other stuff, right? To me, I'm like, well, just just find ways to cut it, or again, start by shifting over to different types of services, right? So like, and we we did coverage on this. Uh, you know, uh, back back when like the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, again, what what are the alternatives? What what does happen? And again, there there are services that police used to provide that they don't provide anymore. There's the the uh, police used to be in many cities the ambulance service. They they would they were the ones who were responsible for if you you know called for help, uh, you called the police department and they would get you to the hospital, right? Which they they aren't trained for that. You know, there's again, I, some of them weren't, but a lot of them, they, they weren't professional, you know, medical technicians. That, that was a profession that emerged out of a need a community had. And then the police department had been doing this and it shifted over elsewhere because some people maybe weren't happy with the service that the government was providing them in that case. And we could see other things happening that way, too. Again, it's it's just a matter of what makes sense. I I'm interested to see any continued efforts in the city of Rochester, for instance, to move towards having other folks do mental health calls, right? Like, okay, well, what's um, what makes sense in that situation to, to send a police officer? What, when does it rise to the level of, of actual dangerousness? And then do the police officers know 
the best ways to de-escalate a conflict and make sure that the, the person that they're responding to doesn't get hurt or hurt themselves in that process? Or can you send a mental health professional who does this day in and day out and understands how to do that? That could be, that could be a better way of doing things. Uh, we'll get to some comments. Tim O'Connor says, hi, Kevin, says they can stop pulling me over. I'd be fine with that. And, and yeah, you know, I, I, Tim on Facebook, I would like them to serve and protect me. Uh, sure. Great. That'd be good. Um, and, but again, on, on, on to the solution side, there, there's, there's different ways to, to approach this. It doesn't always need to be that. There, there's also things like there's, there's alternatives like, okay, if you are concerned with your neighbor, playing music too loud or something, right? Like, well, what, what do you do, right? Like, we, we've, we live in a society where a lot of times the default reaction is, like, oh, I just call the police. Again, now that's taking up their time, their resources, that, that person to go and address that issue rather than focusing on the actual crimes that exist, right? That's, that's more resources for that than you could be putting into investigators to deal with the high murder rate you know and, and like in many cities the the low closure rate for for murders a lot of times they, these these things go unsolved they don't catch people but if you're, you're able to shift those resources away from those petty crimes you have either people with the expectation to go and address those issues themselves or someone else that you can call to deal with that other than the police great well, what's 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 the alternative there Again, whether it's a government solution or just a community building solution. Again, and when you when you know your neighbors, when you know folks, um, when you have those relationships with your neighbors, I know that's not always going to happen. But when you make that effort, that's and, and then again, you got to make the effort in order to be more comfortable with, with talking with folks. That's when you get fewer people that feel the need to call police. But again, we're not we're not at a point in our society and many communities where people feel safe to do that so you have to 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 build that you have to make an effort to do that again if if you want to be serious about both reducing the perception of police abuse you could create accountability and reducing the resources necessary for police to provide the services that people expect it's going to require some work it's not just Ah, uh, we're going to complain to the politicians. Like it's going to require work from all of us to 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 make that happen. That's a that's a hippy dippy thing, right? Like, oh, we all going to have to come together as a community. But it's true. Again, what what do you expect if we have limited government? Part of that means not turning to government for every single thing. And guess what? The police are the government. That's they are they are the enforcement arm of the government. That's what it is there? They are given a monopoly on violence to to go and address crimes. Or, you know, at least punish them, <laughs> for better or worse. So, okay. So, so we, have, we have these other opportunities out there. What, what other services could better be done by someone else? Investigation services, too. Again, can, can we outsource that? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, if you have thoughts on that, though, I would love to hear. Any, any other alternatives, like things, and what are, what are police doing too much of that we could then have their resources freed up 
to go in and solve the big problems that we expect police to handle in our community. Again, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. If you want to weigh in this topic, we're going to be back here on a free solution in just a few minutes. I'll make sure I get to some of those other comments online. Thanks again for joining us. Talk to you soon. WISL store is now open with nicer weather. Your car needs an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, the Constitution, and free and safe schools. Here are just a few available. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Holcomb. Save America. Support the Second Amendment. Scam alert January 6th. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. And there are gas pump stickers reading Democrats did this. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers Guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover. Check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worstmore shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson Yosh today. Thanks again for joining us here live on WYSL. And sounds like we have a caller on the line to Carrie from Rochester. Hey, Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. So um, I just want to weigh in on all of this police stuff and the crime in Rochester. I live in the city of Rochester. I'm not in a high crime area. However, looking at some of the things that, you know, I hear you talking about we have to get the community together and how else are we going to solve this and all of that stuff. But people in the community, whether they're willing or not, I believe they would be willing, but I think they're probably afraid. You know, if you turn somebody in, if you, you know, do any of those things, your house is going to get shot up. You're going to be targeted. 
Yes. Yeah. No, Pete, you're right. People are worried about that. And, and you know, but part, part of it's right. Like and what, what I mean by like building community is like getting to know like your immediate neighbors around you. Right. Which sometimes is possible. Sometimes it's not. But but especially in the higher crime areas, people people tend to uh, close down and isolate. And, and that that's a problem. It is a problem, but there's a reason for that is because they may, if there are folks that are trying to be law-abiding citizens and you're surrounded by other folks that are kind of doing some hinky things, you don't want to get involved in that, you know, because that's a danger to you. And if you have no choice but to live where you're living, you really don't want to be involved. The other thing that I wanted to mention was um, the approach by, um, I think, the city of Rochester, the mayor, uh, Pathways to Peace, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is not a good approach. I, I think their heart is in the right place, their intentions are in the right place, but when they're giving $5 million to Pathways to Peace and they're creating positions to uh, reach out to criminals or people who are illegal gun owners and pay them not to use their guns, my friends, um, that is the wrong direction. That money could be going to so many other places we can't be paying people, and it's not even that they, they, if they get caught using their guns, if they get an arrest, then they don't get paid. I mean, yeah. are you aware of this program? No, no, I, I'm actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because I want to bring this up too. Because the, the strange part about that is like, I, I would be fine with it if, if I thought it would work, right? Like, okay, like if, if paying people, giving them a financial motivation to like give up their illegal guns, whatever, right? Like, fine. But, they, they, you're right. They don't get penalized until they get caught, and then they just don't get any more money. And like, well, does that actually solve the issue? If you're, you're just giving them money, and then if they want to go out and commit a violent crime, then just what, where, what's, where's the the incentive to stop that? Other than like they're not gonna get whatever small amount of money they were getting. You're right, and it's I know, and and I do I get the whole. I get their idea for the less is more and the bail reform and the cashless bail. I get the Democrats' idea on this um, because there are probably a certain you know, percentage of people that may have been penalized unfairly or maybe it was too much, but it's a small percentage. You know, The vast majority are just going to take advantage of that that have no intention of changing their behaviors. There are some people, it's just a fact, that don't – learn unless they go to get a good ass whipping and i mean <laughs> could i say that on the radio you know well, you, you unless did. they go to jail and they get consequences that is the only way that they are going to change a behavior you know appealing to their you know conscience or their you know goodwill or whatever it's not working you know um and then another thing um i think there, if the National Guard could come in, that would be really helpful because we need more police on the streets at this point, not less. And we don't have enough as it is. And these people are putting their lives on the line every day and are very, very stressed out. And it's just, you know, we, we need to do something different. And I think we're going in a bad direction in the city. That's my yeah. that's my thought on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, and, um, you know, I'll just say, like, on the National Guard thing, like, what... I'm not sure that that's going to that's gonna fix the issues that we have because I think it's more fundamental than that. Again, like we, we, I think it is a matter of communities getting closed off. It doesn't matter of poverty. It doesn't matter of some things. And, again, you need the, the resources to stop those violent people. But, like, to me, it's it's part of the reason why is that police are, are stretched in with, with a bunch of other stuff too. And, and 
offloading those services for you know both uh, mental health, domestic violence, sexual assault, like offloading those onto organizations that have the expertise to take on that work and having police focus on that would be helpful. And then we do have federal resources too. Right now, the the I think the the federal re, uh, government is is helping. Uh, with, with some of the gang violence and, and closing some of the murder um, investigations that are, are happening here too, so there, there already are federal resources, just not National Guard. I don't know what that that does to a city under normal circumstances to have that uh, th- those additional people in, and, and whether that should be something used in a domestic situation uh, related to crime in most non-emergency instances. Any, any additional All right, thoughts? I'm going, to agree. I'm going to agree with you on that. I probably was, that was probably an overreach, but we need more. We need more resources on the street. The, our, our police force is just stretched way too thin, and we don't have enough. And having to reach out to uh, the federal government for help in a city that is um, just riddled with crime and violent crime. You know, I don't know what the answers are. Yes, I would love to see the community come together. All of those things. And that's going to be, um, <laughs> that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and uh, other resources. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think we have an immediate answer. But an immediate answer right now would probably be to try to get uh, crime uh, fighting forces in there to just at least slow it down a little bit until we can get a handle on it, you know? Right. Yeah, and I get it. it it's uh it's a situation that is, listen, I, I live right in the city too. Uh, you know, I, I understand and 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 the issues you brought up earlier too. Like some some people are terrified. They they don't want to go out. They want to get involved, and you know the, because there's there's a risk in being perceived as as doing something that's not any of your business, right? Which you know, I'm yeah, a libertarian. That, I, I mean, get that, snitch, that but that, that can get you or your family hurt. Snitches get stitches. That's the real yeah. saying, you know. So. Right, and that's yeah, that's a, a huge issue that police have to deal with too. It's like they don't get the the community cooperation that they're they're looking for a lot of times because they people worry about their own safety, and that that yeah. well, stinks. I don't I don't have thank the immediate so answer to that. A, no, I know nobody does. That's why we have the yeah. problem that we do. But certainly, please don't pay people not to use their guns. I don't think that is going to work, and that is a lot of money to give for a program that is probably going to just. Throw money at people, good after bad, and, and really not have a lot of results. That's just my yeah. thought on it. So thank you for taking my call. Yeah, Appreciate thank you for it. calling in, Carrie. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, we, we have a couple minutes left. You can give us a call, 585-346-3000, if you want to sneak in an, another call real quick. Uh, appreciate the call, Carrie from Rochester. And, yeah, the the... the I, I, I did mean to bring up this program in the last... The Pathways of Peace thing, uh, it's... Again, paying people to to not use their weapons. Okay, cool. I'd be happy to see if that works. Again, if if you can create a financial, if the, if it's as easy as like just just spending a bit of money for people to not commit acts of violence, great. I would love to see the evidence of of that working. Because if that's that's the cheap easy solution, great. I, I'm skeptical though. I <laughs> like like Carrie and like many of my other neighbors too are like I. I don't see how that works. Hope I'm wrong, though. Hope hope it works. Hope it, it legitimately reduces uh, violence, you know, in in the city and and gets people to to you know put down their weapons and and to you know think about ways to just again let go of whatever issues that they have. But you know, and and I do want to you know get this other comment from Shelley. 
talks about uh, on YouTube who talks about, you know, a friend who is a, a kleptomaniac who had like issues as a child and, you know, they never got counseling again. That, that's part of it, right? It's like when, when people don't get the help they need for one reason or another and the, the school system doesn't do that. And I don't think it's a resource thing necessarily everywhere. Uh, and I talked about resources at the school level. I, it's when you have issues that fester and go unaddressed added to the situation where you have in some neighborhoods trauma where you may know one of your neighbors who who was a victim of violence okay you, you add all these things together it makes something very difficult to do and i get trying to stop the immediate crime thing i don't know that that police are able to do that immediately it may be a long-term solution and it may be again helping people meet their their mental and social needs it may be uh creating alternatives and maybe some some police work plus again creating that opportunity and hope that that people like larry sharp always talks about you know when, when people feel like they have hope for the future they're less likely to turn down a dark path thanks again for joining us here on a free solution i'll be back on wysl on monday but of course we have our online show tomorrow night too with tim o'connor have a wonderful week folks